Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. and welcome again to the Explaining History podcast and today I'm going to be focusing on the train journey made in uh, the April of 1917 to Petrograd by uh, Vladimir Lenin and the uh, exiled Bolsheviks facilitated by uh, the German Empire in order to uh, destabilise the Russian war effort um, of the um, newly created provisional government. The um, journey began on Easter Sunday, 1917, um, in the, the late afternoon. Um, it was Vladimir Lenin and his wife Nadezhda Krupskaya and 30 of the um, party faithful who had um, lived in exile with him in various places, particularly in Switzerland. Um, the train left Zurich for Germany, and this was something that had been obviously planned by uh, the German government and German secret military intelligence. Now, I find that there's some fascinating resonances with uh, the, the present day. Now, we always have to be kind of careful of uh, drawing comparisons. But in the First World War, after three years of deadlock, all sides were trying to find new and innovative ways not to destabilise their enemies on the battlefield, but to destabilise them on the home front. These were the beginnings of political and uh, psychological operations uh, against the populations of um, the uh, enemy powers, the British had fomented a revolt in the, the Middle East against the Ottoman Empire. The Germans tried to foment revolt against the British and the French Empire's um, Muslim populations, and they also tried to foment revolt in Ireland, and revolt in Russia, or a political crisis in Russia, was also uh, another means of creating opportunities 
for Germany to win a war that it was now desperate to conclude uh, as the um, economic realities of that war began to place almost unimaginable pressures uh, on the Kaiserreich. It was, however, a long shot. Lenin was uh, an unknown figure in Russia. He'd spent most of his adult life outside of Russia. He was known on the um, fringes of the radical left in Europe, the Socialist International, but that was about it. There was very little uh, knowledge of him in Russia, and the Germans had no real um, way of uh, um, putting any faith in the idea that he might be able to affect events in Russia significantly. Perhaps um, Lenin might be able to cause the provisional government a significant uh, amount of trouble. The idea that he might be able to seize power was uh, certainly not something that the Germans could foresee. They uh, made sure that he was well-funded and that he could return home uh, with the Bolshevik movement, which the Germans saw really as, as a means of kind of almost in, injecting uh, a virus into the body of Russia. Since the overthrow of the Tsar, things diplomatically had actually got significantly better for Russia. Not only now in April 1917 was America uh, poised on joining the war, and, but also... France and Britain, a parliamentary um, uh, monarchy and a uh, democratic republic, both of them, were far more comfortable dealing with the provisional government and the possibility of the creation of a, a new constitutional republic than they were with an authoritarian uh, czarist uh, autocracy. Uh, there was going to be, in the eyes of Lloyd George, a, a far more uh, equitable settlement for a democratic Russia at the end of the war than for a, an autocratic one. So the um, shifting uh, events back uh, in a different direction was a, a key strategic goal by Germany. In no way did Germany share any of the ambitions of Lenin, of the Irish revolutionaries, or of um, jihadists in North Africa or in the uh, Indian Empire. But they saw them as useful assets. These were things that could be weaponized uh, against their enemies. The um, plans that Germany's uh, strategic thinkers uh, in Berlin had didn't seem really to come off particularly well. There were 3,000 Muslim prisoners, for example, who were interned um, at a special camp the Half Moon Camp in Zussen, uh, in the German capital in Berlin, um, who, uh, after 1914, um, there were uh, one in three uh, soldiers fighting for Britain on the Western Front in 1914, came from India. So there has been a large number of Indian POWs. These 3,000 men were uh, sent to Mesopotamia uh, and the Persian Front to fight for um, Germany and for the Ottoman Empire. Um, but 3,000 soldiers doesn't really buy you an awful lot in uh, either propaganda or, or military terms. In 1916, um, there's a further setback uh, when the Easter Rising really um, fails to bring about a revolution in Ireland and is brutally suppressed. Um, the British obviously create for themselves an enormous disaster 
waiting to happen by their handling of the Easter Rising, but that's really uh, at a point where the, the war is lost for, for Germany. Roger Casement, who had been um, in Ireland, in Germany for two years, um, the uh, Anglo-Irish nobleman who had um, exposed the, the crimes of King Leopold in the Belgian Congo a decade and a half earlier, um, tried to create an Irish brigade from prisoners of war in German captivity. But this he was largely kind of rebuffed. Um, there were uh, Irish, ca- Irish Catholic soldiers who, in Casement's um, worldview, would have been natural recruits, but these were men who had uh, loyalty to their comrades, who had who were in captivity, who had fought the Germans and saw the Germans as their enemy. They may have had at least mixed feelings towards the British, but that, that in itself did not make them revolutionaries uh, against British rule, with all the risks that that entailed. Casement himself was quickly arrested um, following his return to um, Ireland off the coast of Kerry in April 1917 um, when he uh, came ashore from a German U-boat and was um, shot dead, uh, executed for treason in August that year. When the Tsar was overthrown in February 1917, the uh, strategy of smuggling revolutionaries back into Russia suddenly comes back on the table all of a sudden the overthrow of the Tsar is kind of a game-changer. Um, the um, plans to cause um, chaos and anarchy within enemy countries uh, on, the, uh, on the Allied side had long been a kind of a, a strategic goal. And German embassies, particularly in third countries, in neutral countries, had started to look for troublemakers. And in Switzerland, there was um, a plentiful supply of them. So Russian subversives uh, that could be uh, attracted um, and found were uh, like gold dust. The, um, the name um, of Lenin becomes um, high on the lists uh, of uh, the German uh, intelligence in 1915. The, uh, this list is kind of um, reawoken in 1917 um, by the German Foreign Ministry um, and which uh, informed the Army High Command that uh, there was perhaps the right kind of person that could be sent back to, to Russia um, and Switzerland was the place to find him. Lenin had been in Europe since uh, 1900 um, he had um, lived at first in Switzerland and then he'd moved to Munich. Um, he edited the revolutionary newspaper Iskra um, and in 1902 he created his um, answer to the issues that he thought was facing the revolutionary movement in Russia, his book What is to be Done, uh, which essentially advocated a shortcut to revolution. Uh, the uh, Marxist, um, the Marxist um, prognosis for revolution was that, well, Marx even said that it was probably better not to waste your time doing it in Russia because Russia wasn't ready. Lenin said, well, we are in Russia and we will have to make it ready. And instead of waiting for the working classes to um, emerge 
as a coherent class uh, or waiting for the kind of peasants to get their act together and emerge out of their kind of feudal past. Instead, you need a vanguard party to make the revolution happen, not a class doing it, but a party. And this would mean that once um, the party had seized power, then they could retrospectively bring about socialism by educating the population in socialism, as as Lenin put it. Uh, And this would mean no small amount of brutality. This was the argument that split the uh, Russian Social Democratic Party into Bolsheviks and uh, Mensheviks. Uh, The Mensheviks saying that this was the road to tyranny and uh, they were, it would appear, largely correct. There was a power structure Lenin knew to help make this happen as well. Soviets, councils, workers' councils, these had spontaneously emerged during the 1905 revolution um, and they had sprung up in the cities of the Russian Empire and um, they were a way, Lenin thought, of replacing old power structures and by controlling the Soviets, by allocating all power to the Soviets but really controlling the Soviets by filling them with Bolshevik members one could, uh, Lenin thought, uh, take power or create an alternative system of power with which to to run the country that uh, no small uh, amount of of terror um, because terror would be the way that you would eliminate class enemies and also the way that you would uh, coerce the peasantry into doing what you say the peasantry being a naturally reactionary force in, in Lenin's um, Lenin's view so. Between the uh, 1905 revolution and the 1917 revolution, over that 12 years, um, Lenin had briefly returned to Russia in 1905, but was forced to flee again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. He spent 12 years um, in European cities, Geneva, Paris, London, Krakow, and from 1916 onwards, he was in Zurich. Zurich was uh, an interesting place during the First World War. It was obviously a heavily infiltrated 
by various different intelligence networks. But it was also one of the the few few sort of uh, Switzerland is obviously one of the few islands of peace during the war, and it is also one of the places where modernism, radical thought, culture, and art are at their kind of epicenter. Um, it is where the uh, the Dadaist art movement comes from, for example. Um, it was um, a place where writers and intellectuals, but also revolutionaries, managed to, to shelter themselves. So a relatively kind of um, permissible environment for people like Lenin to exist in. Switzerland was full of... Um, disputing and dissenting um, uh, Russian revolutionaries who uh, spent much of their time arguing uh, over the ways in which a revolution should or could manifest itself back in Russia, what a, a revolutionary society would look like and whether the workers or the peasants were the, um, the vanguard of the revolution. And this kind of schismatic... Uh, approach to revolutionary politics was something that has, has really kind of dogged the left um, since um, the the Second International uh, that was opened in July 1889. In part, the movement was divided between a, a democratic socialist left, those who were kind of largely reformist in their views, people that wanted to maintain the basic structures of capitalism but make it nicer for everybody, and people like Lenin who said, well, that is simply a way of perpetuating the exploitation of capitalism. Making it nicer is actually making um, the conditions for, the, for the, the, the proletariat worse, in a way. What you need to do is make things, allow capitalism to push them to revolution. And he, uh, there was a long-standing belief um, from the very inception of the Bolshevik faction all the way through to, um, to Stalin uh, during the 1930s that there was nothing more dangerous than a social democrat. And Lenin was well aware of the threat that uh, social democrats posed in his view. Um, as uh, in 1914, everyone from the British Labour Party all the way through to the German Social Democratic Party embraced the war and um, set aside their um, sort of limited uh, class struggle, as Lenin would have seen it, to embrace a, a kind of a, a, a patriotic fervour. The Social Democrats in Germany were in part motivated by um, the belief that if the Tsar's armies turned up in Berlin, that would be the end for progressive politics for Germany for um, more, uh, more than a generation. And it was the decision by social democratic parties across Europe to vote through war budgets in various parliaments, diets, Reichstags uh, and assemblies uh, that really meant that uh, war was um, fiscally possible and, and that uh, there was no last-minute opposition the likes of which Lenin believed there, there should have been. So his uncompromising criticism of the uh, reformist or democratic left um, was based around a belief um, that they had abandoned international class solidarity 
um, the you know the old Marxist dictum of workers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your your chains. Lenin eventually hoped that the First World War would turn into a European class civil war, where the working classes of Europe would fight against the, um, the, the, the the ruling classes of Europe. And he believed that this is what should eventually be uh, encouraged. Lenin despaired of a revolution occurring in um, late 1916. He spoke to a kind of a younger cohort of revolutionaries, not knowing that revolution was but weeks away, saying... Um, it won't happen in my lifetime. Hopefully it will happen in yours and you guys have to carry the torch for us. Um, Trotsky was in New York when the February Revolution happened and um, th- there was um, only a handful of um, Bolsheviks in Russia, particularly Stalin and Kamenev who were exiled in Siberia. Again, who were all completely taken by by surprise. Um Lenin and his contemporaries had been spending their days uh, reading and writing in the public libraries of Zurich and they were uh, desperate to hear reports of what was happening in Russia. They managed to get hold of newspapers, um, both Russian uh, editions and uh, European ones. But only in March 1917, early March 1917, um, did Lenin generally understand what had happened in Russia? Now, there's an important point to, to consider here. For us, the events of the revolution are fixed. They have happened. Um, we know what the chronological sequence of things were. For people at the time, events were highly fluid. Change was happening day by day, hour by hour. There was little understanding of what was going to come next, or little, even little ability um, to to predict it. Um, the uh, outcome of the revolution was open, and there was there was every possibility that there may be some kind of counter revolution to um, to undo it, or perhaps a suitable candidate would be found for the throne, or somebody, some figure would come to replace the Romanov dynasty in its entirety, a military dictator, perhaps. Um, in 1905, Lenin had um, missed the chance to fully influence events, and he was determined that that wasn't going to happen again. In 1917, here he is um, in his, his mid to late 40s, painfully aware that the opportunity to shape events in Russia was finally here, and it would not come again. Getting back to Russia as quickly as possible was therefore the name of the game. It was absolutely um, essential that this happened. Um, He was aware, he wasn't naive about this, he knew that in order to get across Russia, he would need the support of the Germans. It was um, unimaginable that the uh, Allies would uh, give their blessing to anything that would take Russia out of the war, and the um, uh, Bolsheviks appeared on Allied watch lists. Trotsky was um, arrested in Nova Scotia on his way back to Russia at the behest of the Russian authorities, though he was interned for a while, they had to let him go. So they, they were, the Allies were well aware that there were forces desperate to remove Russia from the war. 
uh, perhaps they didn't understand the ideology that was going to be imposed on Russia and what that would mean for the West. Lenin, of course, was under no illusions that he was going to be used by the Germans and that um, a Bolshevik revolution in Russia justified this, that there was, in revolutionary circumstances, no guarantee that one would work with the kinds of people one chose. But he knew there was a possibility of him getting the better end of the, the bargain. In many ways, Germany was the real objective as far as the Bolsheviks were concerned. What the, what the Bolsheviks eventually hoped to do was to um, have a revolution in Russia and hope that Germany would seize the example and that the uh, German Kaiserreich would fall to revolution too. This was essential in Lenin's eyes because if this didn't happen, they would be stuck in a large, um, backward peasant state with precious few means of modernising it. If the Kaiserreich uh, became revolutionary and um, overthrew the Kaiser, then the natural solidarity that Lenin believed existed between workers would allow uh, the the German working class to come to Russia and help modernise the country. This was the eventually the uh, the big picture. Uh, Lenin negotiated with the uh, German uh, foreign ministry and the government, and he demanded that the uh, Bolsheviks on the train have extraterritorial status, which meant that the train compartment would not be uh, German territory; um, it would be um, Russian territory. This meant that um, unless, as they were non-combatants, there would be no jurisdiction for the German army on the train. German uh, army officers would have no contact with the revolutionaries who were travelling, and the train, once this was agreed, crossed into German territory and went northwards um, all the way uh, across the um, Baltic Sea um, to Stockholm, and then another train took them via Finland to Petrograd. There was virtually no difficulty in crossing back into Russia, and on the 16th of April 1917, Lenin arrived at the Finland station, where um, Bolsheviks greeted him enthusiastically with an armoured car, um, some playing the Marseillaise when he uh, alighted, waving red flags. And with that, Lenin had returned home to Russia. Okay, well, I hope you found that useful and interesting. And um, if you want to um, read from where I've been um, using source material today, read The Vanquished by Robert Gerworth. Um, it's a, a brilliant uh, brilliant addition to the discussion of the First World War. You know, this, this is revisionist views of the First World War from your Adam Tuzers onwards. This is kind of my thing, really. Um, and it, it talks about um, why it was that the First World War doesn't really end in 1918, as is popularly thought. The shooting between the Great Powers ends in 1918. Mass killing goes on in Central and Eastern Europe up until and the Middle East up until 1923. Okay, well, it'd be great to hear your thoughts on this. So um, swing by the Explaining History Facebook group. I'll put the link below. 
And um, hopefully we'll catch you there and um, I'll catch you on the next Explaining History podcast. All the best. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.